Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go a fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Better dead than red. And you street. Hey y'all. Well, it is uh, officially All Things Wisconsin Week, or I should say All Things Better Dead Than Red Week, because Minnesota is having a wonderful week so far against the University of Wisconsin. Uh, I am excited to be back on the pod, joined by Andy and Streets, and I think we'll just get it started with uh, men's basketball. Uh, Men's basketball, of course, dominated Wisconsin last night. Uh, And Street, I just, what are your quick thoughts about the game, the things that made you happiest? It turns out that if you're able to make three-pointers and layups, you will do pretty well in the game of basketball. Patino said after the game, he was interviewed by Stephen Bardo, and Bardo asked him, why was the offense so great tonight? And Patino's initial response was they actually didn't do anything different on offense, which is true. They probably drove a little bit more to the basket, maybe focused a little bit more on getting mismatches inside because Daniel Otero is an automatic mismatch versus anyone on the Wisconsin roster. But Beyond that, the same shots they've been getting the last couple of weeks they got in the Wisconsin game. The primary difference was these ones went in. Major props to Peyton Willis, who had an excellent game. It's the first game in a long time, I think since Marcus Carr's career high, where a score other than Daniel Oturo didn't lead all scores. Peyton Willis finished with 21 points. He had five rebounds and assists, two steals, and was 5 of 7 from 3 and 7 of 10 from the field in general. So that was uh, wonderful to see because Willis has had a few weeks certainly coming off both the ankle injury and then a little bit of a shoulder thing for which he has definitely not looked like the player early in the season. Those are the big things from offense that was exciting. Perhaps more importantly, Minnesota came into the game in adjusted defensive efficiency. We'll ignore exactly how that adjustment works. Regardless, they were basically second to last in the Big Ten. They are now eighth in the Big Ten in total defense because they held Wisconsin to 28% from the field and just 24% from three, three range. Wisconsin was one of 16 in the second half from three, which uh, most of those shots were contested. There was probably one or two that Wisconsin maybe should have gotten. But that's how you end up being in a situation where you can feel a little bit let down as a fan that your team only won by 18 points because realistically, Minnesota went into the tank. I think they let the foot off the gas a little bit in the sort of three quarters to the end of the game. Probably should have won this game by about 25 to 30 points. It really was... A demolition. Daniel Laturo continues to be amazing. Marcus Carr was a rebound away from the first triple-double in Minnesota history since Michael Thompson did it over 40 years ago. That would have been exciting if it had occurred. So all of those are the general things and why I'm very happy to beat Wisconsin. There is no team that I am more thrilled to beat as a fan watching my team than the Wisconsin Badgers. But the other thing that was quite helpful about this game is that Minnesota is now 6-6 six and six in conference play. They still have their entire season in front of them. They definitely have the ability. It will be a challenge, of course. The Big Ten is very difficult. But they have plenty of games at home to get to 11 wins in conference play, which I think is probably the number that they should feel like they'll be in the tournament, and potentially 12 in regular season play, which I feel at this point is pretty much an automatic into the NCAA tournament. And we're sort of thinking the kind of 7-8 seed at that point in that range. We'll find out in some sense because of the strength of schedule, how the net shakes out. But 
being six and six, this wasn't a must-win game, but it was about as close as you can get to a must-win game without being a must-win game. And the Gophers came out and made a really great statement. So that's the those are the main things that I'm thrilled about. Also, as per always, better dead than red. Andy, I need uh, your expert opinion here. Brad Davison didn't try to maim anyone. Did he have the flu, your diagnosis? No, he uh, he just pretty much was the typical Brad Davidson where he, he sort of, you know, honestly, the way Wisconsin was playing, he sort of disappeared into the background. He uh, he really didn't do anything. He, you know, he tried drawing a couple of charges, got called for a uh, got called for a block on one, I know for sure. Um only ended up with 4 points all on free throws, didn't make a field goal. So he really was uh, a nothing burger for for Wisconsin last night. Um, you know, part of that was I think the Gophers playing really good defense. Um, and part of that is is let's be honest, he just isn't that good. Um, you know, everybody calls him scrappy and stuff like that, but he he over, <laughs> overall he's just I mean he's not been that good of a player for Wisconsin. I'd take any of Minnesota's uh, guards over Davidson this year. Marcus Carr and, and Peyton Willis. I mean, they both were were great last night. Whereas, you know, Davidson was definitely struggling a little bit. And, um, you know, Nate Reavers, if Nate Reavers doesn't have a decent game for Wisconsin last night, as as Street said, you know, even even with with the Gophers playing, they easily could have won that game by 30 points. Um, so, no, it's nice to see them take it to a, take it to opponent who, you know, they match up fairly well against. Um, and, and they did what they needed to do. Now you got to hope that they can take that all that momentum and bring it in. You know, we, we know that Minnesota is not a great road team, and we know they've never played great in the Bryce Jordan Center, even when they were decent. But uh, you got to imagine that the atmosphere at Penn State on Saturday is just going to be absolutely insane and see if Minnesota can find some way to feed off of that for themselves. Um, you've no, you're going to have the, the Oturo versus, um, I'm blanking. I'm sure street Stevens. Thank and you. Mike Lamar Watkins. Stevens. Yes. That's going to be insane to watch. Cause you could tell those two guys do not like one another. And I would not be, excuse me. I would not be shocked at all to see one or both of them pick up a technical foul in the first half going after one another. Um, especially cause you would expect after the first game, the referees will be watching them for that too. So, um, but yeah, no, the Gophers need to try and, and take some momentum and turn it around. If if they can steal one of these road games, um, you know, I think we're we're back to maybe being on the legit side of the bubble and not on this, you know, last four in, last four out sort of thing where we've been dabbling the last couple of weeks. Uh, but it's going to take finding a game that you're probably not supposed to win. And as we've seen around the Big Ten, picking up any road games this year have been ridiculous, much less a road game against a tough opponent. So uh, the Gophers will have the workout for them on Saturday. Can they do it? Sure. But uh, it's going to have to take a great game from Oturu, a great game from Carr, probably either Kalsher or uh, or Willis stepping up as well to have a really good game for the Gophers to pull one out. Yeah, absolutely. The other big thing from this game is you got a third option. So Marcus Carr against Wisconsin was, in essence, the third option on offense. Gabe Kalsher finished as well. He had, it was 3 of 8 from behind the arc, which is a solid percentage, especially given how poorly he's been shooting this year. Only 4 of 14 in general because he was less successful in getting some of those layups to fall. But he was making drives. He was pushing tempo. This team is quite good when their shots fall. And I don't mean that in the trite way. I mean that it is very clear that their defensive energy goes up 
when they're having some success on the offensive side of the ball. I think in both the loss against Rutgers and the loss against Illinois, which are two games that were absolutely right there for the taking, and then the loss to Michigan State at home, which ended up not really being there for the taking, but certainly was there in the first half, the constant clanging in and out, something they sort of let up a little bit on the defensive end, which makes sense because 90% of defense is effort. And if you're not getting rewarded on the offensive end, going down and having to play another 30 seconds with your back to your own basket is just not fun after a while and challenging. For the Penn State game in particular, it will I think this will actually be the first game where I can legitimately say that how the refs choose to call this game is going to make a huge difference. If the refs are willing to let things be very physical... I'm not totally sure who that benefits. If the refs are, on the other hand, going to be uh, very, very tight early on, I think that actually might benefit Minnesota, especially on the road, in that Minnesota has a fair number of shooters and has shown over the last few weeks to be moving a little bit more aggressive to the basket. Now, it certainly helps Penn State as well because you might go straight at Oturo reasonably confident that if the officials are calling the game tight. That's, I think, something to look out for in that game as well that isn't Minnesota needs a third option. So there's that. The other player who I'm very interested to see in the Penn State game is Isaiah Enan, who is getting, getting more minutes over the last couple of weeks. He's still very raw. He's definitely a chucker at this moment, but he's also appears to be like a legit 6'8", maybe 6'9", in shoes, runs the court incredibly well, clearly is an athletic nightmare for teams, can kind of switch on to anyone. Against Penn State, it'll be interesting to see if he comes in to guard someone like a Lamar Stevens to kind of bring athleticism in a way that uh, Jarvis Omersa or Alahan Demir maybe cannot. Uh, Omersa certainly can in terms of sheer physicality, but also he's been a bit foul-prone over the last couple of weeks. Andy, you know, Streets on the Record is saying he thinks the Gophers need to get to 11 Big Ten wins uh, to, to make the NCAA tournament. Where we're sitting right now, do you think that's accurate, or do you think they could, you know, go ten and ten and still and still make it? You know, I I think ten and ten is a possibility, but it's going to depend on who those wins are against. Agreed. Um, I mean, you can go ten and ten, but you're going to have to pull off some some quad one wins, um, whoever whoever those games may end up being. So I guess there's probably another game against. Well, the, at Penn State would be one. That would be a big start. Um, you know, you probably need to beat Iowa at home. You probably need to win in Madison. Um, you know, a couple of games like that. Um, if it's just going 10-10 and 10 and doing the bare minimum, meeting, beating the Nebraskas and the Northwesterns of the world and then picking up all your home games, that's probably not going to cut it. Um, but if you can go in and steal a couple of tough road games, whether it be Penn State, Wisconsin, um, I think we've got it still a what a road game is it at Michigan or um, uh, so the remaining Indiana in, Indiana would be one would Indiana be one. the way you could get ten is you have to beat Northwestern and Nebraska unquestionably so then you need the other two and the other two would be uh, Penn State this Saturday and Maryland at home might do it because you would have not only two solid quad one wins, Maryland will likely come into that game as somewhere between 7 and 15 in the country and Penn State currently is a top 20-ish team. So you'd get it that way. I think it's cutting a little bit close. That'd be very bubble heavy. But I also very much agree with Andy that you beat Penn State, i.e. steal one on the road, 
you have to cover Northwestern and Nebraska. The only two, the, I mean, certainly besides that they have to get to a number, but there are two games that are absolutely must wins, and that's Northwestern and Nebraska, because Minnesota at the moment does not have any unbelievably bad losses, with the possible exception of Utah. Either losing to Northwestern and Nebraska would change that in a hurry. All right, so don't lose to the NUs. That's, that's the rule of thumb for the year. That's fair. Uh, well, let's let's move over to men's hockey, who have also been on. Uh, well, I mean, it's not that the men's basketball team has been on a tear, but men's hockey has been on a tear. Certainly, uh, much, much, much improved and much turned around from the way the the team seemed to be playing at the beginning of the year. They've won seven of eight. Is that correct, Andy? That is correct. the uh, The Gophers are, have won seven of their last eight, starting with the uh, the Mariucci Classic coming out of the uh, the holiday break and. Uh, you know, they've they've taken a couple. They swept uh, Ohio State at home two weekends ago when the Buckeyes were the number six ranked team in the country. And uh, they went into Madison and did what they needed to do, getting a big road sweep last weekend. Um, you know, they, they really outplayed the Badgers pretty much from top to bottom. They got a 6-2 six, six win on Friday, 4-2 win on Saturday. Um, you know, neither game was really in doubt. Um, uh you know, Friday night, it was uh, a little bit more interesting back and forth early as uh, Wisconsin took a 2-1 lead um, and, and Bob Moscow pulled Jack LaFontaine, the Gophers junior goalie, saying he just didn't really, uh, you know, look comfortable out there. Put in freshman Jared Moe. Moe didn't allow a goal the rest of the way. The Gophers scoring, they scored three goals in three and a half minutes in the second and, and cruised to a win. And then uh, Moe got the start on Saturday as well and, and played really well. Um, and the Gophers scored the goals when they needed to score the goals again to get a 4-2 win. Um, you know, we were talking earlier this year that Minnesota was was struggling, trying to, to you know, everybody just assumed that they were going to be on the road for the, uh, for the Big Ten tournament, and that was going to be it, and there was no way they had any chance of making uh, the NCAA tournament as an at-large. Um, now, chances of that still are, are outrageous, but... Um, the Gophers are up to 18th in the pairwise after last weekend. Um, and if Minnesota can win six of their last eight games and then win one or two in the Big Ten tournament, they could find themselves in on the bubble. So um, if the Gophers keep winning, good things could happen. Uh, it's not going to be easy. I mean, Minnesota starts off this weekend with a home series against Michigan State. The Spartans are uh, the team that gave the Gophers their last loss when Michigan or when the Gophers were in East Lansing uh, early January, and then they've got two tough uh, road series the next two weeks back to back at Notre Dame at Penn State. Uh, of course, Penn State is is the team that basically has been hellacious for the Gophers the last couple of years. Uh, before finishing the season out with Michigan, so uh, going six and two down this stretch, there's absolutely no guarantee that's going to happen. Um, but you know, I think the Gophers pretty much need to get going this weekend, bare minimum, and and get four points out of the weekend against the Spartans. Um, if that happens, you know, I think they can still talk about both uh, sneaking into the NCAA as a bubble team and having a legitimate shot at the Big Ten title. Uh, the Gophers in the Big Ten right now are just one point out of first place. Penn State and Ohio State sit in first place with 29 points. Minnesota is tied with Michigan State and Notre Dame with 28 points. Uh, the Gophers and Spartans both have two games in hand on the other three teams. So it's going to come down to can the Gophers perform against Michigan State this week and can they hold serve the rest of the way? If they can do so, I think there's a legitimate chance they've got uh, uh, got a, ch- a chance to really uh you know, turn some heads down the stretch. 
But if they can't, uh, you know, this team's going to have to do some work in the playoffs. Obviously, six and two is, you know, uh, probably a bit uh, adventurous to expect right now. But with where they're sitting in the Big Ten, what do you think they need to do to at least guarantee themselves home ice to start in the Big Ten tournament? Well, the trick will be, like I said, it's interesting that they're literally right now five points within one point, uh, within first place. Um, you know, one of those five teams is going to be on the road to start the Big Ten playoffs. Um, I think what Minnesota, the advantage the Gophers have going for them is, as we said, Minnesota and Michigan State each have two games in hand on Ohio State, Penn State, and Notre Dame, um, who are all in that group. So uh, basically, in, in those two games in hand, Minnesota has to get as many points as possible to have a legitimate shot. Um, you know, like I said, doing well against the Spartans this week will be huge, but even more important are going to be the next two road series at Penn State and at Notre Dame. Um, Minnesota has to come away with, I think, a split in both those series. If they can come away with a split in both those series, I think they can pretty much uh, book home ice for the Big Ten. If uh, they go out and only get, you know, out of a possible 12 points, if they only get two or three out of a possible 12 points in those road series, I think we're right back to where we were a few weeks ago, hoping that you can maybe cling on to that number four spot. But uh, all at-large NCAA tournament shots will be gone again, and and they're going to have to probably uh, look at pulling off a sweep of the Wolverines that final week of the year to make sure they guarantee themselves home ice. Okay. Uh, last last question for you: uh, Is the coming robot apocalypse going to start in Madison, Wisconsin? I heard that there were some some robot encounters for you. Uh, I mean, I guess if you're a, a wisconsin student and live in a dorm or apartment somewhere and like getting your food sent to you via basically what looked like to be one of those motorized coolers that has a brain um you know that that that, that's nice and all i i might be a little freaked out i also wonder if they must like probably shut those down at a reasonable hour because i can't imagine that those run pretty freely on the streets in Madison after about 11 o'clock because there's definitely enough drunk people that might just tackle the thing and take whatever's inside of it. Um, unless I'm sure it's probably locked and you have to type in a code or something. But yeah, either way, uh, it, it's interesting to see. I, granted, I don't spend a lot of time other than sporting events after dark on the University of Minnesota campus, but uh, the fact that there are hordes of, of basically cool, coolers on wheels delivering food to uh, to people in places at uh, in madison is um definitely a little interesting i suppose we should also note uh chris i believe was traipsing around the world at this point but uh we also have a celebrity on the podcast because uh, our man on the ground in madison wisconsin was also our man on the television broadcast being very excited uh, and applauding a minnesota goal You were famous. The like the the official account and everything. I had actually several people text me going, "Wait, was Andy on TV?" Well, it just proves once again that you can, uh, you know, go to a go to a road game and wear a, a bright gold jersey and and be a large man and stand up and get TV attention. Because as as <laughs> as as Chris can vouch, this is definitely not our our first time, my first time, or nor would be his first time on on TV at a road game uh, rooting for the Gophers. The the camera just seems to to find us in in road sporting events. Uh, so. Yeah, no, it was it was nice. My my two minutes or my two seconds of clapping were uh, were impressive, but uh, 
you know, the, the, the more ironic thing is they got me right after Robbie Stucker's power play goal, and I was literally, literally sitting next to Robbie Stucker's parents and his aunt and uncle, and they didn't get on TV. So, you know, that that's just, that that's that's the fun <laughs> part of that. But um, That's a spotter fail. Yeah, that, I guess, you know, obviously nobody knows where, where everybody exactly is sitting. But, uh, no, it was, uh, it's a fun trip to Madison. It's always great when the Gophers are winning. Um, it, it, it's, it's great. You can tell the Badger faithful have, uh, slowly given up as the trash talk is, is going early and then eventually it just fades out, fades out, fades out. And, uh, by, by the time that, uh, you know, the end of the game comes around and you can hear the, uh, the Minnesota chant clear as day around the arena and even several people humming the, uh, the battle hymn at the end over, uh, over on Wisconsin, it was, uh, it was a pretty fun weekend to be there and, um, you know, like I said, I'd, I'd love to see the Gophers continue to stay hot and and move uh, move forward and, and really turn some heads here the last uh, month of the season. All right, so the women are doing that thing they do where they don't score points and let the other team crawl back into it. Uh, their 25-point lead is, well, was down to 9. Now it's back to 11. How much time is left? 3.56 to go. It will be about a 9-point game in a second here, which means we probably should stop talking about it because otherwise only further bad things will happen and that will juice the juju of this podcast. <laughs> All right, so we're just going to go with the assumption that good things will happen and uh, we're going to call it a SkyU podcast. Uh, glad to be back with you, fellas. Uh, everyone who's listening, uh, you can expect uh, a little more uh, go AU fur. Uh, here we go. Uh, as we go into the future weeks, I will not be uh, hop halfway around the world uh, taking selfies with literally every human being in India because apparently being a giant, tall, white dude, you know, draws a little bit of attention um, in a country where everything seems to be built for people who are about five foot two. Uh, so you've got that to look forward to my voice. Uh, Oh God, wait, did you just say it's seven points, Andy? Yeah, man. Absolute, absolute clenching is occurring right now. Okay. We're getting, we're getting off this thing because we can't be talking during it. It's clearly having an effect. Uh, so for everyone listening, go Gophers, Skyuma, row the boat.